Hi there, it's Lucia, host of the Witch Money podcast here. Before we start today's episode, I just wanted to tell you about a really handy new tool from us here at Witch, and even better, it's free. It's called My Money Health Check. All you need to do is answer a few quick questions about your finances, and then we'll do the rest, pointing you towards our brilliant witch advice that we think you'll find really useful. Once again, that's My Money Health Checks. If you want help with cutting your bills or making your money go further, it's the place for you. Just head to witch.co.uk forward slash My Money Health Check. Hello and welcome to this week's Witch Money Podcast. This week's episode is the second instalment of our new series on the rising cost of living, bringing you expert advice and money-saving tips on a different topic each week to help you ease the squeeze. Now, to add to the UK's soaring costs across the board, telecom firms like BT, EE and Virgin Media have confirmed they'll be increasing prices in the spring, in some cases by more than 9%, which will be affecting millions of UK customers already struggling to pay the bills. So for today's show, we'll be shining a light on how you can slash your mobile broadband and tv bills we've got loads of advice on what to do if you think you're overpaying and how to access the lesser known cheapest deals for the most vulnerable plus a masterclass in how to haggle and with us for this episode we have witch's very own adam french and paul lester thank you so much for joining us you two it's great to have you on the show Thanks, Lucia. It's wonderful to be back here, hopefully dishing out some useful advice again. And it's great to have Paul, the man at which who I go to whenever I'm in the market for a new mobile phone, any new tech products or I'm having any tech problems. He's my main man to go to. So lovely to have you with us, Paul. Thanks, guys. Good to be here. And the haggling king, uh, as we'll hear from later. My first question then is how much are bills rising by and which providers have increased their prices the most? It's a, it's a good question, Lucia, and unfortunately, it's not uh, good news in response. Mm. Now, take broadband, for example. There's quite a nasty loophole written into a lot of contracts if you started after sort of early 2020, where you can get a mid-contract price hike, and it can be inflation plus 3.9% from some providers. And we all know inflation's gone absolutely crazy at the moment. 5.5% is the latest we've heard on that. So you could be looking at a price hike, pushing 10% from some providers. The likes of BT, EE Broadband, John Lewis Broadband, Plusnet are all hiking by 9.3% in early March. Talk Talk 9.1% in April. Vodafone, 9.3% in April as well. So these are big price rises. That could be the case of an extra 50 quid, for example, on your bill over the course of a whole year or even more than that. Um, Similar story with mobile phone providers as well. You're looking at RPI-related inflation increases. RPI is about 7.5% at the moment. And then you've got this loophole written in there as well with some providers. They can add an additional 3.9% to that. Also, the likes of O2 and Virgin Mobile could be hiking by that much. Others raising their prices a little bit less. 
BT Mobile EE, more like 5.4 plus 3.9%. Ultimately, the story here is whoever you're with, it's likely that you could be seeing some price rises, but there are a few that aren't going to be hiking prices. Tesco Mobile and Sky Mobile say they're not going to be hiking mid-contract price rises. GiftGaff, for example, are a network where you're just paying a rolling amount as well. So a lot of them are hiking them, but certainly there are providers out there that you won't be seeing these increases with. So it is worth, if you're coming towards the end of a contract, shopping around to find those who don't have those mid-contract price rises. Now, we'll be talking more about this in, in a moment and how these companies can justify hiking their prices, which is a big question I have. But first, as part of this series, we'll be answering your questions from the Witch Money Facebook and Twitter and hearing how the current crisis is impacting your life right now. We've been speaking to someone who's increasingly worried about her soaring bills. Here's Frankie's story. My name is Frankie. I'm based down in Hastings, St. Leonard's. I've lived here basically all of my life. I'm 27. I am just about to move into a property with my best friend. I was with my partner for about five years, but we've recently broken up. When we was together, we were sort of saving up for a mortgage. That was sort of like in the pipeline. Um, but obviously now my circumstances have changed quite a fair bit. I've got to start all the new accounts and set up broadband. And then also my bills are going up now, moving into this new place where the cost of rent has just gone up so much. My uh, bills are going up by about like £400 a month, which is going to, you know, affect me quite, quite a lot. So... Um, so yeah, it's all just, I'm just going to basically just try and hunt for the best sort of deals. Like now, for instance, my current broadband, we were paying ridiculous, it was like £70 a month because it was like special high speed and it had sports on it and stuff. But now moving forward, like things like that won't be sort of a priority to me anymore. It's just going to be about sort of getting the, um, like the cost of living down as much as possible to help with the rent increase. After I get paid and I pay off my car and everything else, I'm living on like, I don't know, probably like 700 quid. So that's obviously going to go down by about 400. So it's, um yeah, it's quite, it's going to be quite a huge step for me. I think like in general, we're all like a bit worried about the cost of living, like with petrol and everything else. Like it's just getting more and more and more expensive to live in England. Like it's never been like this before. So I guess like everyone's just trying to sort of, see you know like the positive of it not that there really is much positive but (laughs) just sort of going with the flow I guess we also asked Frankie if her mobile bill could be slashed before now I haven't really thought about it it's just one of those bills that sort of come out I guess it's just now with all of my other bills that are going up it's like something to think about especially just with the fact that I've got all of those added extras or not even, you know, I've just got like a full package and I know full well that I'm not even using like a third of that a month. And looking back now, if I was to take out a contract tomorrow, there's no way I'd want a £55 contract. Um, and when it ends, I will probably just keep the phone and just have it until it breaks, basically. <laughs> and finally, she told us about what she calls little bills. I've literally I've got Amazon, Netflix, Now TV, Spotify. Like I could definitely save myself at least like thirty quid a month, um, and I'm not even using them. Like I use Netflix, and that's probably about it. Amazon actually I do use because I love Amazon Prime, um, just for the ease of like next day delivery. But yeah, there's definitely a lot 
um, of like, I call them like little bills. I'm probably doing like 50 pounds in little bills a month and I could definitely, definitely cut, cut those down. We really appreciate you sharing that with us, Frankie. And these little bills, I love that phrase. It's so apt, isn't it? For all those, those outgoings, little outgoings maybe, but they add up. Oh, it's absolutely perfect, isn't it? All credit to, to Frankie there. So wonderful mm. to add a phrase and absolutely spot on. That's that's the problem. These lots of little payments can start to add up. And it's really interesting listening to her then. She sort of moved in with a housemate. Mm. She's still paying for things like Netflix and Sky and bits and pieces. And actually, when you're moving in with someone, it does give you an opportunity to potentially cut some of these little bills. Mm. Operations like Netflix or Amazon Prime, for example, they offer often household packages or family packages where you can pay one fee and sometimes get up to four users on an account. And that's much better than, say, having two, three, four separate people paying separately for exactly the same service. And it's always within the terms if you're doing it within the same household as well. So a really easy way to start to chip away at some of those little bills, share it around the household a little more and bring down those monthly outgoings. And Frankie also mentioned wanting to hunt for the best deals. And for that, you've certainly come to the right place. And we'll have loads more on this throughout the episode. But first, can we go back to the broadband TV mobile price hike? How can companies justify this? Because many bills are up by inflation, which for January is 5.5%. And if it was just this amount alone, it might be an easier pill to swallow. But it doesn't stop there because then they're charging another 3 or 4% on top. How can they justify this? Well, companies usually justify price rises by saying they need to invest in infrastructure, provide the same levels of service to their customers. You've probably seen this sort of mm-hmm. wording on bills that you get or on emails. Uh, but but uh, this year, of course, they've also been hit by their own rising costs, uh, be that around energy, staffing or logistics. Some also have cited increased use and demands as a result of changes through the pandemic. So they're kind of saying that this situation is hitting them as well as their customers. But having said that, there is a smaller provider called KCOM. This offers fibre broadband in uh, Lincolnshire and Yorkshire. And it actually cancelled its contractual price rises for 2022, saying that it didn't want to add to the burden of rising costs that customers were already facing this year. So it does seem like there are some providers that are willing to be a bit more flexible with these increasing costs. Mm. Hiking prices by this amount, it does feel, um, I don't know, maybe a bit deaf to the current situation. And I think certainly it's something to look out for, isn't it? Moving forward is companies that decide not to raise their prices over the course of the next year, if they can afford to do so, will be extremely welcome news. And I imagine uh, customers will be choosing to switch to those companies that are making those kind of decisions. But I suppose there is a big question around whether the companies who fix their prices are actually the cheapest. Uh, and we'll get onto that later. Now, if your bills are set to increase, you'll fall into one of two categories. You're either out of contract, which means you're likely on a pricier deal and you can switch provider or haggle with your current one. And we'll get onto the advice for doing this later on. Or you're in contract, which means you probably switched in the last year or two. Now, if this is you, as tempting as it might be to cut ties with your provider and move to a cheaper tariff, this will usually come with a fee. Now, Paul, can the benefit ever outweigh the fee? or Is your advice here to sit tight and jump ship as soon as your contract ends? Well, I think my advice would be most of the time, unfortunately, you're probably best off sitting tight and waiting until your contract Mm. ends. I mean, it is a contract, so the provider can keep charging you until the end of that contract period. 
If you really want to leave, then you, you have to buy yourself out of the contract, which basically means just paying off the remainder of, of the, 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 uh, the charge. You might want to consider doing that if you're coming to the end and there's not that much more to pay and you've seen a really great deal somewhere else. But if you're struggling, if there's any other particular reason why you, you can't pay or you really want to leave, it's always worth phoning your provider and just sort of explaining your situation and, and seeing what they can do for you. Yeah, I completely echo Paul's advice there. Do do speak to your provider if if you're not getting along too well. I've had this in the past where um, I had a housemate move out. We were paying for a, a Sky package at the time and thankfully we rang them up mid-contract and they were able to sort of drop the level of our package a little bit as well, uh, just over the phone. Mm-hmm. Really easy, nice conversation I had with them to be their credit. This was a few years ago now as well. Um, but just that simple phone call saved me sort of 20, 30 pounds a month straight away at a time when you know, obviously there were fewer people in the house. So it is worth having those those conversations. And generally speaking, I found those companies are very open to them. Also, if you're struggling to pay for a telecom service, you may qualify for financial support because there are low cost deals or so-called social tariffs that some providers offer for people on certain benefits. And if you're in contract and already with one of these providers, you should be able to switch to one without paying an exit fee. Or if you're with another provider, you may be able to get the fee waived. But just this week, Ofcom published a report on the affordability of communication services, and it revealed that 4.2 million eligible households aren't taking advantage of these deals. So let's first hear more about these social tariffs. Here's Lindsay Fussell, Ofcom's Group Director for Networks and Communications. At the moment, we have six companies out there, broadband companies out there that that offer um, social tariffs, and that's including two of the biggest, and that's BT and and Virgin Media O2, which a lot of people use, uh, as well as um, several uh, smaller companies, KCOM, Hyperoptic, Community Fiber, and G Network. Um, But there are a lot of the the larger companies that don't don't offer those at the moment, Sky, Vodafone, TalkTalk, and others, um, and we really would like to see them step up and, and, and do the same. Um, for people who are wondering whether they might be eligible for one of those tariffs or whether uh, how they could apply, if you go on to, to the Ofcom website, you'll find all the information you need uh, there and, you know, really encourage people to, to take advantage of those offers because so few people do at the moment. Now, to benefit from a social tariff today, you'd have to switch to one of the six providers that offer them. And if all major providers offered these social tariffs, it seems it could make a real difference to people's cost of living. But there does seem to be a fundamental issue here because only 1.4% of eligible households actually have one of these social tariffs. And sadly, this shocking figure doesn't actually surprise me because they don't seem to be advertised. Paul, why is that, do you think? It really is a shocking figure when you consider the state of the cost of living at the moment to imagine that there are opportunities for people to save significant amounts of money on bills and they're just not taking it up. And I think it's uh, Ofcom has come out this week and they've they've really tried to encourage providers to act here and to make these these social tariffs more transparent for people. Mm. They've asked for four things. They want providers that aren't currently offering social tariffs, and these include providers like E, Plusnet, Shell, Sky and Vodafone, to actually consider doing more for consumers. They also need to do more to promote these deals. They should be including these uh, uh, details of these uh, social tariffs in any communications that they put out about price rises. And of course, we know there's a lot of that going out at the moment. So it's the ideal opportunity to remind people that if they are eligible, they can actually get a discount on their bills this information needs to be really clear as well. It, it needs to be obvious what you need to do to take advantage of them. And it needs to be really easy to sign up. Um, 
broadband companies need to make sure that the application processes are easy to follow and they don't want to be putting off people who are eligible. I think this is a really welcome move from Ofcom in, in giving these firms a kick up the bum, really, to try and promote these a bit more. I think it's worth going over some of the eligibility criteria for this. So if you're in receipt of things like universal credit, pension credit, employment and support allowance, job seekers allowance, income support, care leavers support, personal independence payments, anything like that, then there's every chance you could be eligible to get one of these social tariffs. And you're looking at paying sort of 15 to 20 pounds a month for a really good speed of internet connection, saving you a considerable sum of money. So if you are in receipt of any of that, speak to your broadband provider now as quick as possible, um, especially if you're coming towards the end of contract, you're out of contract, because there's every chance you could get switched to that. And even if you're in the middle of contract, it's still worth having that conversation to see if they will switch you all the way, halfway through. Now, if you're not eligible for a social tariff, but you're out of contract, there are still lots of savings to be had by shopping around for the best deal. So, Paul, can you tell us where you'll find the biggest savings? And are there any providers leading the way with the cheapest deals? Well, well, that's absolutely right. There are loads of savings that you can make. And I think for uh, out of contract customers in particular, this is really relevant. Um, And in fact, we saw recently that over a third of broadband customers could be out of contract. So it's no small issue. Um, If you are an out-of-contract customer and you take one piece of advice away from the podcast today, it's this. Don't do nothing. You can save money by haggling or switching, but the advice for each remains the same. You've got to start by shopping around, see who has the best value package for your needs. And as to who to go to, you really need to think outside the big four. So in broadband, that's BT, Sky, Virgin Media and TalkTalk. And in mobile, that's EE, O2, Vodafone and 3. Now, in the UK, these companies still command the vast majority of the market, but we're consistently finding that the smaller providers are more highly rated by customers on our surveys. And most importantly, they're usually cheaper as well because they've got to fight harder for your money. And then once you know how much you could be paying, you can use this information to haggle with your provider. You can tell them that you could be paying a lot less elsewhere. And then if they won't budge, switch. Now, while you want to find the cheapest price for any given deal, there's an added bit of research to work out if it's really good value for money for you. And I think mobile phone contracts are a good example here because a lot of providers offer high or even unlimited data allowances, which can all too easily lure you in. But the average UK consumer uses just 4.5 gigabytes per month. And I know I've been using way less mobile data over the last couple of years, going through lockdowns and working from home, essentially being at home more and on the Wi-Fi. So Adam, what's your kind of checklist or advice to make sure you're not paying for services you just don't use? The first place I usually start is my direct debits on my bank account. Mm -hmm. You can get into them on your online banking as a rule, even on the app, and just see what regular payments are going out. And that's a really good place to start to see, actually, are these things I'm, I'm genuinely using um you know are you paying for video streaming services that you just haven't watched in months are you paying for a gym membership that you haven't gone to for several weeks (laughs) he said nervously (laughs) um you know there's plenty of examples there where that's a really good place to start and you instantly find usually you can cut things memberships for organizations you haven't really been using for example is another good one that i'll cut a few of recently again looking at the rising cost of bills at the minute that's one of the first places you go to so any regular payments like that that's a really good place to start and then thinking about your example with 
mobile phones and how much less data you need now our lifestyles have changed and actually thinking about how has your lifestyle changed do you still need a huge data allowance do you need still need to be paying for a car insurance for example with a massive mileage if you're not going back and forth to work as often so there's lots of different changes you can make to taking that into consideration and you could save yourself a tidy sum of money relatively quickly i've seen a few articles knocking around people saving themselves as much as a a thousand pounds per year just by making those changes in respect to their last unstopping paying for things they're not really using i think the thing to remember with these these payments as well is that even though they might seem a bit small and it's a hassle to have to check and, and, and to kind of cut things and contact providers. They might each only be a few quid. But if you've got something like on, on your landline, you've got a international calls bundle, that could be like five quid extra a month. And if you cut that, look at it this way, you could be getting free Netflix by swapping what you're paying that you don't actually use on your landline. There could be other little extras on your bills, like you're paying for a roaming package and you haven't been on holiday for a while and you can manage that individually. So it's, it's still worth checking all those little things that all cost a few pounds each and, and really thinking about whether you still need them. Oh, I wish I wish I still needed a roaming package, Paul. I wish I still needed it, but no good to me at the moment. It's going back to Frankie's little bills, isn't it? I think we're going to keep using that phrase again and again. I mean, it's perfect, isn't it? You start with the little bills. They really do add up. It's As my, my nan would say, look after the pennies and the pounds look after themselves. It's taking away some of those small payments can make a big, big difference when they start to add up like that. Absolutely. Now, we know loads of you have been getting in touch over social media saying you're concerned about providers hiking prices every year. Betty told us on Facebook that to, altogether her broadband TV and phone bills have gone up by £50 a month. But there are some providers out there who fix their prices. So rises won't be written into your contract, as we heard about earlier. Paul, let's talk a bit more about this. Which providers do it? And would you actually make a saving in the long run by going with one of these companies? You expect their prices to be higher to begin with, really, don't you? Uh, yes, you probably would. It's, it's a good question. And I think it's especially something people will be interested in at the moment. They want to avoid this happening to them again. And it's true that some providers promise not to raise prices. Unfortunately, they are quite few and far between. So some examples, Zen Internet currently offers a lifetime price guarantee, although it has told us it may have to reconsider this in the future. So what that means is that they promise not to, to, to increase your bills ever, as long as you remain a Zen customer. That's the state at the moment. And then other companies like Hyperoptic, Utility Warehouse and SSE promise not to raise prices during your minimum contract period. And this can look attractive, but you need to weigh up how much these contracts are costing versus deals from rivals as they can be more expensive. So there's no point really paying sort of five, ten pounds more per month with the guarantee it's not going up when you could actually start at a a lower rate anyway that even today's inflation wouldn't touch. Another tip, I think you should carefully check the terms and conditions in a contract, particularly when it comes to price rises. So recently part of the issue has been that providers have been bundling in these these inflations into contracts. So that means that you can't leave if they increase the price beyond inflation. If you're able to leave, then it gives you so much more flexibility. So really check that particular TNC if you can. I know that they're horrible and that their page is long and really confusing, but that's one you really need to look out for. So it's really clear companies need to be more transparent. We've got here from Martin on Twitter. He tells us one company offered him a deal over the phone, but when the confirmation came through, the offer wasn't what he expected. And this raises a good point about going through your contract with a fine tooth comb because providers don't all operate in the same way. So 
what should you be looking out for? And if you're not happy with a new contract, how do the cooling off periods usually work? Simply put, look out for how much you're going to be asked to pay. And I think Martin's done the right thing here with get the paperwork for and do double check it. What you're told over the phone should really match what you're sent. But there can be things like the mid-contract price sizes Paul talked about that you have to keep an eye out for. There could be additional fees, installation fees, for example. And suddenly those things can add up a bit as well. And often with a bit of negotiation, when you're making that purchase, you can get those wiped out as well. Um, So there are things worth keeping an eye on. Just basically look out for the numbers in the contract. And that's where you can usually see how much you're going to be charged any percentage increases. And then importantly, you have this calling off period as well, which is 14 days from when the contract begins. And it usually begins when your service provision begins, not necessarily when you've agreed over the phone, for example. So you have that 14 days to decide whether you want to stick or twist, essentially. Do you want to stay with the provider or do you want to leave? Is this still good enough? And it's really useful for things like mobile contracts where you want to make sure you've got good phone signal wherever you go, especially if you change network. I've had problems in the past with living in a flat and weirdly it was a complete signal dead spot for the provider I was with at the time. And thankfully I was in the calling off period and I could cancel and switch away to someone else. What you do usually have to do is pay for whatever you've used within that calling off period. So say you cancel after seven days, then you'll have to pay for that seven days worth of network access you have had. Um, But it is worth looking at that. That's really easy for SIM contracts, a bit more complicated if you get a SIM and mobile phone together. But the calling off period still applies, but you may have to pay a bit more towards the use of the phone then. Um, So if you can, I'd always say get a cheap phone and a cheap SIM deal separately is one of the best ways to save money as well. So basically, you've got 14 days extra to read through your T's and C's. I know I'm guilty of just clicking accept. I think we're so used to that this, these days with all these T's and C's. Even when you, you know, you get you download an app, you just click accept and kind of don't think too much about the T's and C's. I mean, it is boring, isn't it? There's no beating around a bush. It is boring. It's not a fun job. No one goes, oh, good, I've got a contract to read. That's not anyone's idea of fun. And you know, honestly, just skim through for the numbers is one of the best ways you can make sure you're just clear on, on what kind of things you're going to be charged. So anything, anything with a pound sign, anything with numbers, anything with percentages, those are the bits worth looking at. That's what's going to hit mm-hmm. you in the pocket. And a quick skim like that could save you a bit of distress in the long run. Yeah, control F for the pound signs and the percentages. I think also as well, if you're not sure, if you want to ask um, your provider about these things, then give them a call or, or, or try speaking to them on live chat. If there are specific questions you have about your bill, as Adam said, I mean, it's, it's, it's horrible having to try and read through and interpret all this stuff. So contact your provider first just to make sure that you're straight about everything that you're signing up for. That's a good point. Just ask these questions. Okay, so you're out of contract and you don't want to change provider. There's still option two. And it's a money-saving strategy we encourage a lot at which, and that's haggling. Now, I think a lot of people might find the idea of ringing up a company and haggling pretty excruciating. Personally, for me, it's less about the haggling itself and more about setting aside the time to do it as well as the time to read those T's and C's. Um, My broadband contract is is actually coming to an end and I've been putting it off for that reason. But there are big savings to be had, aren't there, Adam? For anyone on the fence, how much could it really save you? Can we get a drum roll in this? Let's get a drum roll. There we go. Oh, beautiful work. (laughs) Right, are you ready for this? Big number, £130 you could save by Hagley with your provider. It's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, great. I mean, that's a huge amount of money. That that offsets a lot of some of the increases we're seeing at the moment. 
So absolutely, if you're written into your contract, have a chat with them. Okay, so let's find out how best to haggle and reach that £130 saving. Paul, you've done a lot of work on this. In fact, you've got such a strong reputation as a haggler that which journalist Ian Aikman reached out to you for help haggling his phone bill earlier this week. Let's start here and take a listen to it happening in real time. I am not a natural haggler. In fact, the idea of haggling pretty much fills me with dread. It's not something I'm used to, it's not something I know how to do, but I do know it could save me money. And I heard that Witch's own Paul Lester is a master haggler. Here's what he had to say about his haggling experiences. You know, I switch or, or haggle each year on mine, or every two years, and at times they've actually thanked me for phoning and, and, and giving them the opportunity to offer me a better deal. Haggling to get a discount is one thing, but actually getting them to thank you in the end? That's really something else. So I asked Paul to teach me everything he knows. To prepare me for a haggling session I've been putting off for years. Well, I think there's there's something you should do before you even phone up. Um, it's important to remember that knowledge is power when it comes to getting the best deal on your mobile or even your broadband contract. So you need to do a bit of uh, shopping around in advance. Um, find out how much data you need or, or, or sort of check your recent bills so that you know exactly what sort of package suits you the best and then do some uh, reading around online. Um, your aim at the end of this should be that they will either match or beat the deal that you found mm. online. Ultimately, you can threaten to leave them. Um, whether you're serious about doing that or not, that's what you tell them. So they're in a position where they have to try and offer you the best deal that, uh, that they can. Yeah, I think the important thing is to remain calm throughout. Try and imagine that these are people with their own phone contracts and they obviously know that people want the best deal what you're asking for, you're not being rude, you're not doing anything that's out of the ordinary. I guess you could do some some star jumps or something like that if, if, if you want to get yourself in the right mindset. But I think the key thing for me was really just having that that information um, of how much I could be paying. And, and that should evoke some um, a sort of a, uh, entitlement on your part because it makes you realise that you're actually paying more than you need to and that there is no reason why you should be. There's a lot to take in, uh, but it did make me feel much more confident. So I did a bit of research and sat down with my phone. Okay, I'm now armed with 10 deals, which I found online, which I like, which I would accept. They're all cheaper than what I'm paying now, but they offer more data, which is what I need. Um, I am still kind of nervous, so I am going to do some star jumps, actually. Uh, I'll be back in a sec. When I sat back down again, I found that I wasn't able to get through to my mobile phone provider. The calls for several numbers just weren't connecting, so I had to haggle with the online live chat instead. So I've said I've been a customer for a long time, and I'm hoping to reduce my phone bill. Can you offer me any better deals? I have to say, it's a shame I couldn't reach him on the phone, but haggling on this online chat still seems to be working, and it does involve sitting around thinking about your strategy, you know, so if you don't want to speak to someone but you're happier to message someone it's definitely still worth giving that a try. I should say that in the end this actually took quite a long time nearly an hour and a lot of it was like this okay, they say they'll help me, that's good thank 
you typing back to me. Here we go, am I gonna get a deal? Okay, they're checking the deals for me. About 50 minutes and a lot of typing later, Paul's haggling tips worked. I was offered a number of different deals and I ended up with an offer that cut £48 off my annual phone bill and gave me nearly 10 times the data allowance. I'm definitely better at haggling now and I'll definitely try it again when my new contract ends. And who knows, maybe next time my network will even thank me for it. We're joined now by Ian. So we have the student and master here. Thanks for joining Ian. And I should say, you genuinely do hate the idea of haggling, but you did it. And in the end, over live chat rather than calling. Did that cure your phobia? Yeah, I mean, I think the main thing for me was just the way Paul reframed it for me just then, you know, as as something that isn't sort of rude or or unusual, really. Uh, They sort of expect you to do it. So that really did help. Um, It's a shame, though, that I didn't get a chance to try it on the phone, you know, the traditional classic haggling way. Uh, It might have been a little bit different, but, but maybe I'll try haggling my broadband next and might be able to speak to someone on the phone for that. Um... So, you know, I can't say I'm an absolute haggling machine just yet, uh, but it does seem, it seems a lot less intimidating. And I have to thank Paul for that. I do owe him a lot. So uh, thanks, Paul. Well, I think Ian did really well. Ultimately, he got money off his contract and he got a lot more data. And he managed to do it over live chat with the uh, customer service uh, uh, representative. So that uh, that is a really good result. I think uh, I would say if you really want to try and get the very best price, you will usually get that from the retention team. And the way you get through to the retention team is to say that you're not happy with what they've offered you and you're thinking of leaving. Could I please speak to the retention team? And then they should put you through. But, you know, if you're not comfortable about haggling, the most important thing to do is don't do nothing. You don't have to do this very often. Usually it's 12 months, 18 months, 24 months that that your contract renews. So you do it once and then you could be saving over £100 a year. So Ian did well. If you really want the absolute best price, you might want to push a bit harder and try and get through to that retentions team. One step at a time, Paul. Maybe I'll I'll, I'll try pushing harder next time. But I, I was happy with the amount of pushing I did this time. That's great. Well, broadband's up next, so you can give it another try. I'll let you know how I get on. So we've covered so much to get people firmly in the driving seat today. And to finish up then, can we have a few final quick fire tips to cut costs? You know, a favorite of mine is going for a SIM only deal for your mobile. Now I'm actually on a rolling monthly contract and it's only, I think, six pounds a month, which I think is pretty impressive. And it does the job most months. I'd say it's enough, though. I did stream YouTube on a run once and it definitely couldn't cope with that. But generally speaking, it's saved me loads of money in the long run. Well, there's loads of good tips here. I think one that I would add is you've got to make sure you know when your contract is going to end. So put a reminder in the calendar or set an alarm or something like that so that you know when your contract is ending and you can start to look around for a better deal. You should receive what's called an ECN, an end of contract notification from your provider that tells you this anyway. And you should get this around sort of 10, between 10 and 40 days uh, before your contract ends. This should tell you how much you're paying, how much you will pay if you do nothing, and how much they will offer you if you want to recontract with them. So you should get that in your inbox, but also do your own research at the same time and find out if they're really offering you the best deal they can. I've just got one of those. It has prompted me to start uh, shopping around as well. And I think, you know, you've got 
obviously hit the switching sites, but sometimes it is worth having a look at the actual um, websites of the companies themselves. And as we've just learned with with haggling, is even if you're not a customer yet, picking up the phone and having a chat about the best offers they can give you, sometimes you find something better than what's being offered online as well. So that's my my fun task mm. for the next uh, couple of weeks is to try and find a way of uh, shaving a few quid off that. And asking them to match deals that you find elsewhere, it, that can save a lot of admin if you, if they do just kind of match it and save you having to switch provider. Yeah, absolutely. As long as you're happy with who you're with. A bit of yeah. a question mark over that for me in a minute. So I may be on a switching journey before too long. I think that's so powerful, isn't it? Just being able to say to a provider, well, I found a deal that's £5 less. Mm. Why should I stay with you? I mean, that's a difficult question for them to answer unless they're going to try and match that deal. You know, one last thing from me, and I know we've already mentioned it, but just checking through your direct debits, it's it's so helpful. I mean, I actually do look through my statements every month and I find some real kind of archive things that I've started paying for. Um, and it really like gives me that push to, to cancel things. That otherwise, I might have let carry on for, for months, years. Oh, there's a there's a fun thing we can do in the next podcast. Go for our bank statement, see what we're spending <laughs> on. And actually, that's a good that's a good build on that, Lucia, is don't just check your direct debits, check your bank statement as well, because not all regular payments will necessarily be direct debits. So have a look through the last month and see what's going out on a regular basis. Mm. You may surprise yourself at things you're you're signed up to. I mean, this is going to sound really tragic but i signed up for like a free underwear monthly delivery of like some nice socks and some boxer shorts every month because otherwise it's the kind of thing you neglect to buy and suddenly you're like oh my god i'm running low uh, and i realized i had that running for a year and I was like, i've got too many pants now i need to cancel this why am i still signed up to that and i spotted that on my um on my bank statement um, and I, I canceled that straight away so do have a look at that as well because you'll be surprised what you're spending out for and how ludicrous it is uh, and you can just cancel that and that saves you a good sum of money as well so much to Paul and Adam and Ian for coming on the show today and to you for listening to this week's episode of the Witch Money podcast. Our next show on the rising costs of living will be focusing on food prices. We'll be looking very closely at how they've changed and how it's affecting consumers. So as always, please do get in touch on the Witch Money Facebook and Twitter with your comments and questions and we'll come armed with loads of advice to cut your shopping bills next week. The usual housekeeping before you head off, please do hit follow and subscribe if you haven't already and leave us a review and rating wherever you're listening. And for more money-saving news and advice, find our Rising Cost of Living hub online at witch.co.uk forward slash save money. This episode of the Witch Money podcast was produced by Charlotte Gifford and edited by Rob Lilly with additional support from Ian Aikman. 